Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amenatcaris.org. We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at caris.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. All right, quickly, last Sunday, I spoke, I started, I spoke about the economy of God. Today, I want to take it further and talk about stones for the building of his house. Okay. And I explained that you need to please, you need to try and follow me very carefully because what I'm teaching is so essential to the Christian faith. But sadly, it is, it is a subject or it's a, a topic or is an understanding that many, a greater percentage of those in the body of Christ don't have. So I count myself privileged to be given the insight into these mysteries and I count you privileged to be given the privilege to get an insight into these mysteries. Now watch this. You wouldn't just go to the shop and go and buy something, and when you get home, you're wondering, what am I going to do with this? So someone saw you, you were holding something from town, you went and bought it, you said, how much? You said, you asked how much it is, and they told you, um, 800 pounds, you bought it, you go, you go home, and you wonder, but what did I buy this for? Someone asked, what's this? I don't even know what, um, I just bought it. Now, that is a reflection of a mental health challenge. <laughs> because when you buy something, or when you choose to make something, there is a purpose for what you're making, for investing your time into it. Now, we are human beings, uh, thank you, Jesus. Human beings are not a cosmic accident, as the evolutionists will say, that it, we just happened by accident. So that ideology, okay, which is not provable, that ideology right from the onset tells you and suggests to you that there is something sinister behind it spiritually. Because if you say we are just an accident and then we just, so we just happen, really it means there's no real meaning for our existence. There's no real meaning. But then if you, we say that you were designed, you were made and brought here, it changes the dynamics. Because then the designer must have had an intention. And I submit to you that God had and still maintains that same intention for your existence, for our creation and for your existence. So what is his plan for creating us? God created us, 
Remember the way he created us according to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 28. He created us in his own image. Or let me use the word, in their own image. God created us in their own image and in their own likeness to have dominion upon all the things he has created. That is why he did not create us first, but created every other thing first, so that we come and exercise, watch this, his, we come and reflect his sovereignty, his dominion over his creation. But that was not just that. We cannot reflect God's sovereignty or God's authority over his creation without God himself being in the question. So he created us in his likeness in his, and in his image. You know, if you want to bless me with a shoe, what would, it, would, would be the first thing you would do? You ask for my size. Because if I'm size 8 and you go and buy size 12, it doesn't matter how expensive the shoe is, I can't wear it. I, I, I just cannot wear it. When you look at, Nathan, can you please come? When you, <laughs> when you look at the, the robes of the quarries, the male, you could tell that Brother Isaac and Nathaniel's own, whoever sold it they didn't take their size into consideration. So later on, they had to do an alteration. So they, all, everyone had single-breasted. They had double-breasted because they had to do an operation and add another cloth to, to that shoe. <laughs> Tommy, can you please come? Can you take off, take off your jacket, please? Uh, well, it's your, it's your, your shirt is on. Eh? Your, your, your shirt is not on. Okay. Can you take his own and wait? It's a scare, scarecrow. Okay, I was going to wait myself, but I think you should wait. But sometimes you see people in town. <laughs> Especially during funerals. Funerals. And some of you, on your wedding day, some of your family members, they, 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 <laughs> size 50. Size 50. Is it size 50? Yeah. Five zero. Wow. Okay, so, and what, you can't wear it. Buy the jacket. Is it can't it can't go your arm. <laughs> Why? This was not made with his size in mind. So he can't fit in. It wasn't made according to his, according to his image and likeness. It didn't take his image into consideration when this was being made. But... This, when it was being made, the, the, the tailor had his image. 
and this one is image. Why? Because it was made according to his image so he can slip into it comfortably. And if, if he had an invisible appearance and the jacket is visible, you only see the jacket going like this. You won't see him. I don't, why? But the jacket was made to fit him. God is a spirit. He made us to contain him. So he can put himself into us. Then he, he begin, we become his expression to exercise the dominion he spoke about over all his creation. But that is not the ultimate. The ultimate is God has always been interested in having a house. Is there anyone here who doesn't have a house? Address. You don't live anywhere. You don't have anywhere you live. Are you sure? You have somewhere you live? You have an address? Because everyone must live somewhere. So is God, is God homeless? Not so much so, but he wants a house. I will explain it. That's why he created us. Now, the house of God cannot and is not an individual. So we corporately become his house. I'm going somewhere. So thank you. Please appreciate them. So right from creation, God's plan was to have a house which will be called, in human terms, a city. The city, which is called the heavenly city, or the new Jerusalem, or the heavenly Jerusalem, is actually the house of God. In its maturation, or in its consummation, in its crystallization, the city Jerusalem. So when God created us and he put us before the garden, Genesis chapter 2, he put us before the garden, verse 14 to 16, he says that we should eat of every tree in the garden. The tree of life was there. And he meant eat the tree of life as well because after having a bite of the tree of life, the divinity, the divine life of God checks into your human being. But we didn't do that, and we ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and this, the nature of the serpent was checked into humanity. So God had a plan that he would come in the nature of the serpent-infested humanity and take this serpent-infested humanity onto the cross and crucified the poison of the serpent in the flesh. So he came in the likeness of the sinful flesh, but without the sin of the flesh. That is why Jesus always used to tell the Pharisees and unbelievers, you brood of vipers. Because human nature at core is serpentine because of the fall. That is why there's no way any law can make you please God. Because by nature, you are flawed. There's no law that can be made or no exercise. Gym, regime, regime, I can give myself to, to become a female. Why? Because I'm a male by nature. How can you go to gym so much that suddenly you have become a Chinese man? 
you are Chinese, you are African, you are American, you are British, or you are black racially, you are black, you are Jewish, you are white, or peach, or brown, or whatever you call it, yellow, by nature, it is a na thing of nature, not nature, or exposure. Michael Jackson should have known that earlier. There's not much you can do about your genes. Mm. Nothing. We were born, oh, we, were, we, we, were, we, we were dead on arrival. We were born anti-God. Anti-God, that is why, don't be surprised when people rise up against the things of God. It's natural. The natural man does not like God. At best, he's religious. But there's a difference between godliness and religion. It only, oh, it only takes the, <laughs> the transform Christ being the, the transforming element, being in you to guarantee transformation. Christ not being in you, you cannot be transformed. Because when we talk about transformation, I talked about it a few days ago at the uh, prayer meetings. When we talk about transformation, it's not an outward outward amendment, behavioral changes. It is an inward metabolic process. Okay. It's a meta internal inward metabolic process that starts the change from inside. And before you could say, Jack, you who used to be a cocoon or a caterpillar has become a beautiful butterfly. It's not makeup. It changed from the inside. That's transformation. Now, until we, have the, until we have Christ as our transforming element, your transformation is not in view. So, born again, simply being a Christian, being born again, simply means that Christ has checked in into your life, into your heart, and there begins the journey of transformation. So we, those of us here who are born again, who have Christ in our hearts, we are changing. We are changing. We are, we are changing day by day. The change starts from our spirits, which become perfect when you become born again. So your spirit does never change to look any other different from the day you become born again to the day you, you die. Because God is a spirit, and he has entered your spirit, and watch this, and the spirit of God with your human spirit becomes, watch this, they become mingled, intertwined into one component, inseparable component. So as you sit, as you sit here, if you are born again, you, in your human spirit, you, uh, that's why I said in 1 first, first Timothy chapter, um, no, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 22. Yeah, Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 22, it says that the Lord Christ be with your spirits. And in First Corinthians, Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 8, verse 17, sorry, verse 17, he says that now the Lord is the spirit. Is the spirit. And in First Corinthians chapter um, First Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 17, let's make sure it's that text. Yes, but he who is joined with the Lord well, is one spirit with him. Pastor, please come. So 
when you are joined with the Lord, when you become born again, what has actually happened is in your spirit, you are actually one spirit with God, with Christ, with the spirit of Christ. And when we talk about the spirit, the Lord is the spirit, that spirit we are talking about, the Bible is talking about, please, when you become born again, the spirit of God, when I say the spirit of God, I'm, I'm not talking about the Holy Spirit. I'm talking, I don't want to go further because I did. I'm talking about the processed triune God. I'll explain it. God is, you know, I told you he created us in their image. You remember? Yeah. God is triune. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now, Jesus Christ, in, according to Colossians chapter 2 verse 9, when he came on earth, do you know what he was? For in him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Do you know what the Godhead is? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. When you see Jesus walking, when he, when he was alive, when he was physical on earth, when you saw Jesus walking, he was not just a human Jesus, but he was the bodily, he was the embodiment of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. All of them are a package as he walks. So in him dwells, not partial, the fullness the fullness of the Godhead physically dwelt in Jesus. And he took this physical Godhead. He was born, that's a process. He lived, he ate, he cried, he, 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 um, he laughed, he, he died, he was buried, and then he resurrected from the death the same this triune God has been through a process called human living and dies and resurrects to become a life-giving spirit according to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45. These things are important to know. Mm. Let's all read it together. Let's go. And so it's written. The first Adam became a living being. The last Adam became what? The last Adam became what? The last Adam became what? So actually, when he died, he became a life-giving spirit. So when you become, that's why he said, be happy that I'm going. Because now I'm with you, but when I go, I'll come back and be in you. So Jesus Christ, he, ah, it is, ah, that it took the resurrection to make it possible for God to inhabit man. That's Christianity. Christianity is about God living in man. So are you a Christian? 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 So God lives in her. God lives in her. God lives in him. God lives in him. God lives in him. And they all together with anybody everywhere, living or dead, who has God in them, they become one big household of God. So then we become the temple of, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 says that, he said, do you not know that you are the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells in you? So, hey, we are the dwelling of God. Now look at John chapter 14, verse 23. Today, I want to take my time for some, just follow me carefully. If you are not interested, no problem. But if you are interested, follow me carefully. You will catch something that is so essential. Many Christians don't have a clue. 
about the, the economy and the purpose and the even significance of being a Christian. The things about chasing demons. The reason why demons flee from us is because of the spirit that inhabits us. The reason why demons, oh, the reason why you have dominion is because you are living the creation mandate and God is in you. The reason why we pray and we can speak to the mountain, we can speak to sicknesses, we can address situations and they happen is because in the spirit we are recognized. The demon said to the sons of Sceva, Acts chapter 19, verse, 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 verse um, 12 and 13, he says that Jesus we know, Paul we know, but you, you are not born again. Who are you? So demons know us because we are the, oh, we are the sons of God. Now, when we say we are the sons of God, it's not some uh, tagging or um, sociological classification, but it's actually an internal reality. He says, because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit. Galatians chapter 4 verse 5. He said, because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your heart, which Christ. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your heart. And this Spirit is what Christ, Abba Father. So when you are praying, he said, when you pray, say, our Father. No, it's not from your mind. It's from your spirit. Because the spirit of God in your spirit is what makes you a child of God. We are the sons of God. It's not like we just say something to make us feel good. It's a serious reality. Demons know it. And they, they, they are aware. So they said, Jesus we know. And Paul we know. But you who are trying to cast that out, who, who are you? Who gave you the audacity to attempt to cast us cast out, out? Who gave you? Now, the seven, ah, Bible says the 70 returned with joy. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. And the 70 returned with joy and came to Jesus. And they said, the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even demons were subject to us. Demons were screaming when they saw us. Jesus said, oh, come on. Come on. It's like you go to the shop to go and buy something from Asda. Blessing. You go to the shop to go and buy something from Asda. And you go, you, you come and say, oh, they till, they, they sold it to me. You are buying rice and you are happy. They, say, they, 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 they sold it to me. Oh, but what do you expect? Did you pay? Yes, I did. And so, yeah, that's it. Or you go to um, any of the proper designer shops and you buy something. Um, what are some of those shops? Huh? Zinya. Uh huh. Victoria's Secret. <laughs> It's not a designer shop, okay, especially shop. So you go to Victoria's Secret and you buy some um, whatever, hand cream, and then they put it in Victoria's Secret bag for you. And you come and say, hey, look, they gave me a bag, they gave me a bag. You, won't you be surprised? Why is this man behaving like that? Maybe he just came from one of those countries. <laughs> Why? Because, because, it's normal. Can you imagine you go home and they ask you, how was chair? I said, I got a, a seat. I was sitting on a chair. I was, oh, come on. You will sit down. Yeah. So when they came back, they were rejoicing because, see, the things we rejoice about sometimes are a reflection of our understanding of who we are. Wow. Some of you ladies, a man saying, would you marry me, shouldn't make you, because you don't even know him. 
Because you don't know yourself, you are looking for someone to say, eh, would you marry me? And that's to just validate your, your importance. But when you know your importance, yes. last, a few, a few months ago, I was telling Pastor Charles, one of the young ladies, a, a very good guy, some nice guy, who others who <laughs> went to the lady and said to the lady that I am interested in you for, the lady said, oh, no. And the lady told me later, this is a, a few m- m- months ago, the lady was telling me that, I said, and I looked at her, I said, why? I, I was actually shocked. Hey, this lady is that stable because, oh, the other ones, hey, you don't even have to say it. They will tell you. They will apply. They will parade. They will parade before you. They will wear batty riders. <laughs> now that is hot. Some people, oh, happy. Wear elephants just to catch a man. Those of you who joined the choir to catch a man, may God never give you any man from, from the choir. <laughs> Please look for God, and God will cause men to look for you. <laughs> Listen, it's a church. It's a church, okay? It's a church. It's not a market. It's not a shop. It's a church. Church, the central importance is Christ and him alone. So if you are in church and doing anything in church with a certain ulterior motive, but, but it's important. Jesus said, you are shocked and you are excited demons are subject to you. No, don't let that be your point of excitement. Put it on the screen, please. See this. He said, would you believe I have not started my message? <laughs> Put it on the screen. Said then the seventy returned with joy, saying, "Lord, even demons, they, that's why they are joyful. Even demons are subject to us in your name." This is what Jesus said. He said, "I saw Satan fall like lightning," and he said unto them, "I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven." Satan is not a problem. It's a falling creature. It's like a snake whose head has been chopped off. It's the, the rest is a rope. And so, no, listen to what he said. Look at verse 19. He said, Behold, I give you authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Go to 20. Look at 20. It will shock you. He said, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this. God, that is not essential. That spirits are subject to you. But rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Because your citizenship in heaven is what defines your mastery on earth. In, when it comes to things of the spirit, listen, may I also sub- submit to you that the church is a spiritual entity, not just a social organization. Politicians are trying to make the church to become social organizations, to make people happy, be nice, nice. Listen, that's good. It's good to do that. But that's not our fundamental uh, assignment on earth. Some of the evil things that are going on in your family, it's not a psychologist you need. You need someone to cast out that devil. Some of the things that are going on in our communities, they are spirits. They are spirits. Some of all this gun crime stuff and knife crime and some of those things, not all of them, but most of them, there are spirits behind it. Yeah. Are, thank God that God was able to, by his spirit, deliver some of us who would have been stabbing other people and holding knife by now. 
It just, prison couldn't change you. Because what we are dealing with is more than a sociological issue. It takes the church to save our generation. But when the church goes to sleep, and we are trying to let the world, we are trying to change to look like what the world would, would like, then we disappoint the world. So there are churches in our societies and, and this society which are, don't, don't have the respect of anybody. They just exist as ceremonial uh, place, uh, 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 rendezvous for weddings, functions, and, and their leaders are just there to... Oh, ceremonies. Ceremonies. So many people see going to church like a ceremony. Why would you go to church every time? They said, I used to go to church, but it's not necessary. It's, not, it's because of the teachers who were teaching them. And most of such people were just Christians by genealogy. By their family record. Not Christians by choice and encounter with Christ. So they call themselves Christians politically, but actually they are not Christians. They are nominal Christians, but not Christians at call. Because to be a Christian at call, no one can do it. It's you. It's Christ inside you. You become the habitation of God. So... <laughs> Let me say this. So some of you think you became a I'm coming, okay? Some of you think you became a Christian. Some of us think we became a Christian so you can escape Satan's harassment. Some of us think we became a Christian so you could go to heaven. That's not the fundamental. We became Christians so that God, that's why God comes into us. That changes everything, but most of us don't know. That's why you live the way you live. That's why you watch porn the way you watch. Because you don't realize that Christ lives in you. And what I said earlier on, that um, he who is joined, he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. He was, he was talking about that text in the context of sexual sins. He says, but he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Say, I'm one spirit with God. Spirit. Say, I'm one spirit with Christ. So Christ is the spirit. I explained that already. Go to the next verse. See, how, why? Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but anyone commits sexual immorality sins against his body. body. I've taught on this already. Go to the next verse. Let me show you something. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, who, uh, whom, you uh, whom you are from God and you are not your own? Look at the next verse. Why would you take the body of Christ? Say, for you were bought by, with a plus, glorify God in your body. All right, go to the next verse. Um, where, now, cause that's not it's, I think the verse, verse, verse 15. So, he said, why would you, verse 15, verse 15. Do you not know that your bodies are, the, are members of Christ? This is profound statement. Your body, sir, your body is a member of Christ. Think about it. A member of a church. Not a local because you, are, you go to church, you have become a member of Christ. Because you are born again, you become a member of Christ. Yeah. And one of the signs that shows that you are genuinely born again is you look for others who are born again to begin to fellowship with. Because the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship. If you don't like fellowship, it brings your Christianity into question mark. Because when you are a genuine Christian, a real Christian, when you become a Christian, some things, you, be de you develop natural taste for some things. 
the, by, by the mere fact that because, as I said, Christianity is a nature issue. So once you have, your nature is changed, once, once you are changed, okay, are you listening to me? Once your nature is changed, it comes, listen to this, it comes with, it comes with certain tastes. Some of you, 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 are, you surprise yourself. The way you come to church, you are surprised yourself. People who know you are surprised. You? You? What, what? Church for what? Like the gentleman Agabus. Run and come to me. Church for what? On the, on the, on the on streets of Peckham. Can't be bothered. What, what, what's church? What's church? In fact, when, when your, the woman you want to marry invited you to church, she just, he wanted just to please her. So at least she will. Is that not why you came? Yeah, yeah. I remember after church, he came and the lady, you know, the ladies, because they are interested in the men marrying them, they make sure the men come and say hello to the pastor. <laughs> so he, she came and introduced you to me. The pastor, this is uh, my, the one I want to marry. And I said, oh, hello, how are you? Did you intend to be coming to church? No. I don't even want to come when she told me to come the first time. I don't want to come. Next time, do your homework before you get here, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you said you didn't want to come. No, I didn't want to come. Um, it took quite a while to get for her to get me to come, but um, I came the first time, and then after the there's certain times where I'll be off work, I'll just be at home, but I just couldn't be bothered to come to church. And now look, weekday almost every evening, junior people come to church every evening. Almost every it's a store manager, store manager. It's not a sign of weakness. Coming to church is not a sign of weakness, or it's not a sign, if you are not coming to church, it doesn't mean that you are besh, you are posh. It's not a sign of poshness. It's a sign of maybe understanding and your comprehension about your pursuit, what is important to you. Coming to church is not a waste of time, as people suppose. It's not a waste of time. But people like him, they didn't think they'll be in church like this. Never. But what happened? Because when they encountered Christ, it has developed a taste for fellowship in them. So, listen, he's not coming to church because our music is nice. Get it? It doesn't take music for people to stay in church. He's not coming to church because I preach nice. That's, that's not a fundamental thing. He's coming to church because of the seed of God inside him. It throws him. It draws him. Sometimes, we, some of you after church, sometimes you say, okay, next three weeks I'll come. But by the time you realize in the morning you, are in a, you want to come again, something inside you has entered you. Sorry, it's too late. You have tested the good word of God and the spirit. And that's what draws you. You can't backslide. I dare you. Christianity is not what society thinks it is. But because we are not living the resurrection life, society is confused about who we are. Mm. Mm. They are confused. If they realize who we are, they will not compare us to any religion. Because religions don't cast out devils. Religions don't speak in tongues and move things. They don't lay hands and sicknesses are healed. We are afraid to be. No religion can afford God to live inside you. So they say, oh, how can Christ be God? And they, they, they try to use their mind to, they said, you guys, a Muslim, once we went for outreach, said, you guys say that God is three. 
You see, I don't have to explain it to him because it will be hard to explain it to him because it will be like a human being trying to teach ants how to speak. <laughs> it's a spiritual thing. Some of you used to question it. But you become born again and you don't understand everything. But you know the thing is so real deep inside, down deep in your soul. You can't deny it. Greek Orthodox Church, you won't even go. Am I right? You won't even go. Your mom, they're not. You kept to give your life to Christ and almost every time. She told me something some time ago. She said, rise your feet, please. She said, I, 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 bring me. She, come. She said, she told me something some time ago. This is over a year ago. She said, there, there weren't there times you really were, you didn't want to come to church. Those days after you started coming. After came here. After there were times that you were not really keen. No, on. I always wanted to come. You always wanted after you came once. Yeah. But you told me some time ago that maybe sometimes you say, Oh, it's okay, I won't go. But by the time the week is you are so eager to be here, you don't know what has come upon you. Do, do you remember you told yeah. me that? Yeah. You don't something know what to, just kept make, drawing me here. That's what I'm trying to say. Something that is because of the seed of God inside her. That's Christianity. The seed of God inside kept drawing her. Because majority of the people here may not be her social circles, within the social circles, like Gillian. But something kept drawing you. I submit to you that that something is the seed of God That's inside it. you. Yeah. Yeah. for Jesus. God bless you. So... God has always wanted a house and his plan has been to wash this, to put himself into man so that we, wash this, we will become a corporate household of God. Now, and he has a household management system which I spoke about extensively last week. So God's economy is that he will work himself in Christ into us, that we, being the body of Christ and the house of God, will become his expression on earth. That's God's plan. Now, to talk about the stones for the building of God's house, now I can quote some scriptures. I mean scriptures, but I'll finish within a short time. Because today, no much, too, not too many stories. Is someone learning something at all? Yes, 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 yes a lot. I, I, my prayer is that you can understand what godliness is about. It gives you mastery in life. Yeah. It gives you audacity yeah. and authority yeah. in life. Yeah. You can choose when you will die. Yeah. Yeah. You can choose. Yeah. You can choose not to be sick. Because you are not an ordinary human being. You are a spirit being yeah. with spiritual audacity backed by the entire heaven. This is what Christianity is about. It's more than that. And some of us, you are worried about your health, your children are not doing well in school or bringing problems. Oh, sorry, sir. Thank you. Are not doing well in school and something that you are worried. Don't worry like others worry. A believer's child is a different story altogether. Amen. You can't be working with God and your children end up messed up. I know what you think, but I know people who are always in church and their children. You have to probably, possibly begin to investigate their understanding of godliness. Because mm -hmm. some people were very religious but not godly. That's right. That's when you are godly, anyone around you gets infested. Yes. 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 Anybody around you, something affects them. Yeah. 
Something affects when you are a godly person. I'm not talking about morality and behavior. I'm talking about the content. You are filled with God and then working with God and doing God, Christ, Christ is constituted. You are constituted with Christ. So this is how Paul puts it Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. He said, My little children, with whom I travail in childbirth, he said, My little children, for whom I, I labor in birth again, unto one? Unto what? Christ. He, God's agenda is that Christ will be formed. Tell someone, Christ is forming in me. Christ is forming in me. Jacob, in Genesis chapter 28, verse 11, he got to a place and he took the stone of the place as a pillow. And he used it as a pillow. And Bible says in the verse 12 that he, and he dreamed a dream and he saw a ladder which stopped reach to the heaven and, the, and, the, and then he saw angels ascending and descending and God standing at the top of it and God spoke to him. And then verse 16 says that when he woke up from his dream, he said, wow, the, the Lord was here and I did not know. And he was awed. And he says, verse 17, he says that this is not other place. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is not other than there. Now what? That's the first time, as I told you last week, the phrase was used in scripture. The phrase was used in scripture the first time, house of God by Jacob, the supplanter. <laughs> Jacob, the cowboy. <laughs> Jacob, he had not changed yet. When he left home, his first encounter, he had a revelation that, hey, there's a place called the house of God. <laughs> it's interesting. Be careful who you look down on. What is surprising is, uh, man of God, what is surprising is for God to choose to call himself the God of Jacob. Oh, should have done, said, change his name, then use the change of Israel. Calls himself the God of the supplanter. And he took the supplanter on a journey of transformation. By the time he was dying, he was a pure change man. When he met Pharaoh, he said, the Lord bless you. The Bible said, he went and blessed Pharaoh. When he saw Jacob's sons, he blessed them. When he was told that Jacob was alive, he didn't attack his sons for lying to him. He, the Bible says that his, so when he, said, he was told that his son Joseph was alive, he's not dead. He, he didn't attack those who lied to him. He didn't. That man was so changed that when he was told Joseph was alive, the Bible says that his, his, his spirit was revived, but his heart was down, calm. We is rather the other way around. When you hear something that is very disturbing, your spirit, instead of your spirit reviving towards God, your spirit is so down, and it's your emotion, your heart. Hey, why did you say that? Jacob, Joseph, sorry, Jacob, his heart was calm, quiet, but his spirit was revived. It was a spiritual matter. You know, deal with your marriage from a spiritual point of view. Look at your father, look at your mother. There are spirits assigned to break marriages in your family. Yes, your wife doesn't know how to talk, and she gets on your nerves so bad. But let me tell you, let me tell you, you are looking at it from the wrong angle. You are just looking at the sociological aspect of your problem. It's the same thing you are trying to deal with. The root is a spiritual thing. Contend with it in prayer. Deal with the thing. Look at your husband. Contend with the situation in prayer because somebody said that you, this marriage will not do well and they began to do or say negative things and prophesy negatively and five years down the line, your marriage is shaking. And you think, you think 
It's because of I don't I can't the way she behaves or the way he behaves. He always goes out and he doesn't come early. I don't know why he's always hanging out with some other women. Sister, look at you. Remind, let your mother's situation remind you. Because they are, they are agents of anti-marriage forces fighting against your family. Don't go and say, today I won't sleep. He'll come and meet me here. He'll come and meet me here. He'll come and meet me here. He'll come. And then he comes. Hey, foolish man, stupid man. There's nothing good in you. I regret the day I married you. My mother warned me. You are a stupid man. You see, you have lost the fact. You have forgotten the fact that it's a spiritual thing that you are dealing with. Then when you finish, you come to pastor, please pray for my marriage. And so why are you fighting for marriage? You are fighting it. You are using physical ammunition. You are fighting. How, how can you take a gun to go and shoot a ghost down? Ghostbusters. <laughs> there, there's, there's a ghost around your neighborhood, so you have taken a gun. You are going to shoot the ghost. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Your situation is more spiritual than you think. And God has gotten you born again. His spirit inside you, is inside you to give you a spiritual audacity, authority, and an upper hand. Why are you not using it? And you are beginning to fight the battle like someone who doesn't have the spiritual advantage. Check it. Deal with it spiritually and physically. Things will begin to stabilize. That issue about your son, that issue about your child, sister, you better get on your knees. Better get on your knees. Her father's demons have come out. His father's demons have, are coming after him. And instead of battling him with prayer, you are watching EastEnders. <laughs> and say, so he'll come and meet me here today. He'll come and meet me here today. It won't change the situation. Your advantage is you can enter the spirit. That's right. That's right. Why are you not entering the spirit? Because we don't want the price it takes to, to, to have spiritual money. That's why you don't like prayer. That's why you don't like coming to church. Any touch says you think is too much. You don't want to pay the price spiritual. You want some pastor to go and fast, and then when demons come up, he said, I command <laughs> I'm sure I've just cleared some spirits. Magadashaba. <laughs> Tonight, I'm going to deal with household wickedness. Come on. That's what church is about. Yes, we, are, yes, we, are, yes. we have the authority. He said, behold, I've given you authority yes. to trample over snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Why is it that Christians, and we are competing with other religious guys to show how we are also nice. No, it's not necessary. Stay in the spirit. Yes. Our relevance is in our spiritual mastery. That's right. That's right. That's right. Some of you, because of you, because of you, that kind of unnecessary timely de- untimely death that is happening in your family, your aunties, it must stop. Yes. It must stop because of you. Yes. It must stop. You can terminate it. You are not using it. You are there, living like ordinary pe- uh, people. 
and subcontracted your spiritual responsibility to people who, and some of them call themselves prophets. Pastors who like you to depend on them. To make, boost their relevance. So every little thing you have to, uh, pastor, I need a pastor. There's a place for a, a servant of God to extend his grace upon your life to cover you. But there are other things dealing with some things. It is, you can't do it hands down. I'm not supposed to be make you depend on me. I don't need that. You need to just learn how to appreciate me. That's okay. But I, I, don't, you don't, I don't have to feel needed. I have to feel appreciated. Mm-hmm. That's, 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 he never says that the, the ministers let them be uh, uh, worthy of uh, dependence or something. But he said, let them be worthy of honor. Just honor, yes, honor. Yes, that's yes. what you do to a man of God. Yes. Honor him. Yes. You don't need to go for him to pray for you. Honor him and the grace will come will on you. you. Yesterday I was explaining to the church in our prayer meeting and some guys that when you don't have a store card, so Harold's, you don't have a, a staff. You are not a staff in Harold's. You don't have staff discount. You can't go buying and to get staff discount. You can't. Can you? No, you can. It's only for people who are staff or who have a staff card. So if you are not a staff, you can't get a staff discount. If you are not a prophet, you can't get a prophet's reward. But God said, in my system, you don't have to be a prophet to get a prophet's reward. This is all you do. Honor a prophet. Show respect to a prophet. All prophets said prophets, no prophet is without honor except his house. The people who are familiar with him. So honor a prophet and the thing he carries will work for you. Don't go to a prophet chasing for prayers. Just a prophet to honor him. That's all. So I told one of God recently by revelation. I told in a prayer meeting, I said, the best thing to do on your birthday is good to ask your pastor to pray for you. But it's smarter to bring an honor to and then whatever you are expecting, that comes automatically on you. And oh, you may see that's how you go. The Lord bless you. Don't worry, I won't do it like Pastor. So. <laughs> the, the, the Lord bless you, and the Lord bless you, and it carries heavier weight. But yesterday, I was teaching some people. Ah, my God, about how you authorize, authorize a blessing that has come on you from a man of God. So when a man of God speaks the word of God to you, it is a seed to blossom in your life, but it is still locked. It must be opened up. It must be open. It must be open. And so the word is a seed, okay? When you, as I'm teaching, I'm teaching, as I'm releasing seeds. According to Luke chapter 8, verse 11, I've gone off my message now. I'm releasing seeds. So seeds, they, are, they have the potential to become anything God has purpose for your life to be once it begins to open up. But a seed, the seed can't open up until you validate it in your system. You have to, it's like when you register for something on, in, online, they sell you have to, your account is set, but you have to validate it, activate it. So they will send you an email, you click it, it verifies it. In the same way, when you receive a word from a man of God, and you receive teaching from a man of God, what you do is honoring that man of God, and Bible puts it in a very, very interesting way that doesn't make sense in our modern sense. It says that the people who teach you, according to the Amplified, in Galatians chapter 6, 6, it's easy to remember, isn't it? Galatians 6, 6, he said, he who teaches you, Galatians is, let him who receives instruction in the word of God share all good things with his teacher, contributing, contributing to his support. Share with the one who is teaching you. That's right. Give me the other uh, normal version. 
He said, let him who is taught in the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Now, you are, are you ready to see the next verse I'm about to show you? 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse, verse, verse 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. He said, if we have sown, did you see that word there? If we have done what sown, as I teach, give me amplified. Is someone learning something? Listen to me. He said, if we have sown the seed of spiritual good, there is a seed, as we speak, this is the seed of spiritual good. We are sowing it inside you. If you, are, if you go, for, go to, uh, for operation, they said your heart has stopped or your livers have stopped working or your kidney has stopped working, and you go and they open you, do operation, and then they are charging you 5,000 pounds, you are saying that is too much. Hey! Your system is rotten. They are charging you 5,000 pounds. It's too much. Why are you taking it? Because you don't have a proper estimation of what has been done for you. He says that, is it anything strange? Listen, if we have sown spiritual good amongst you, is it too much? Is it too much if we reap? Use the word reap. If we reap from, from, you, from your material benefits. Is it too much? Look at what God's word has done in your life. Is it too much? Is it too much to reap material benefit from your life? Is it too much? Hey, preach. Is it too much? The one, the one who built the house for gave you the, key, the, the link. Now you have chains of houses. And he said, I'm coming to town for one week. Can I live in one of your flats? And you are thinking, that, ah, no, 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 no. It's going to cost him. Ah! Is it too much? Is it too much? Is it too much? And people have made you feel that pastors are looking for your money. Instead of going to relating to a pastor, knowing that God has something to use to help in my life, which doctors cannot do. Is it too much? I'm going to, I'm going to preach a message one of these, or if I get the chance to write a book. Is it too much? Is it too much? Is it too much you're going to church and give offering, give your time? Is it too much? What is wrong? If you, God has blessed you, and you have been able, even if you, all your savings is 10,000, and you take it that this church building, I'm so into, is it too much? Is it too much? Your contemporaries don't even have, they actually have debt of 10,000. Is it too much? Look at what God has done for you, Michael. Is it too much? Don't let unbelievers who don't know God, and they don't have any sense of spirituality, they are spiritually dead. You are spiritually alive. They are spiritually, and they begin to dictate how you should relate to God who is a spirit. How can an, a spiritually dead person show you how to relate in the spirit? Is it too much? Some of you, God has already put in your heart. I was telling the guys as I taught them yesterday, there's nothing wrong if you I'm not saying this for myself. God is my witness. Mm. But these things, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in material things. I'm looking for God. Listen, I'm looking for God. I'm looking for God. Because no material thing is eternal. Look at the nice clothes you bought recently. They are now old. They are now old. Your house, you're making so much noise about. Now you don't even live there again. You have traveled and look, you are living in some small flat. Material things. They are passing away. He said, these things pass away. He said, heaven and earth shall pass away. 
So it's, it's, it is an, it's imbecile for a pastor, a minister, to target material things. You become a victim in life. Because Satan will trip you. He will do, he will do nightmare. <laughs> Most of you are in church. Satan is doing nutmeg, then the ball is going through your legs. Ah, where's the ball? Go. Because instead of focusing on the right things, you are focusing on the other things that are not necessary. Is it too much? Is it too much? And so it's, it's our pastor's birthday. Let's do something for a man of God. He said, Oh, Mimi, I can't give it to him. Is it too much? Is it too much? How much can you do? And how much would it change in his life? Is it too much? I'm not, I'm not speaking for myself. God is my witness. I'm prophesying to somebody. Any opportunity to honor a vessel of God is better than asking him to pray for you. Twitter tweet Boa. Any opportunity to honor a man of God is far, it's far outweighs your desire for him to pray for you. Let's learn how to honor the people God has sent to help us. Is it too much? Is it too much? Is it too much? That, Pastor, that is what has kept many people victims even though in church. Because the master key, the secrets of receiving the goodness of God has been eclipsed. It's eclipsed. They don't realize it. So they become religious. Oh, I need prayer. Pray for me. Oh, the word. I mean, I'm Christian. I'm learning my Bible and I'm that's it. I'm I'm doing it. I told told them yesterday something that blessed me myself. That, oh, I... I, I wanna, I mean, it's God I honor. Where is he? Where is he? Show me we all go and honor him. We all go and honor him. So, you know, if you touch a police officer, her majesty's police, of, you touch her, you have, you've touched the queen, the government will come after you. That's right, that's right, that's right. That's right. Because he's the immediate representation of the, the government, so long as law enforcement is concerned. You, you, can't, you can't treat a police officer. It's not his problem. It's the government that will handle you. In the same way, God has agents. And he, it's one of his, his, his desires is his agents should be handled with such. He, can you imagine the scripture he quoted? He said, let the elders. Hey, yeah, you shall. First, first Timothy chapter 5, verse 17. The thing is strong. He said that let the elders, elders there, the Greek word is presbyteros, which, which every elder is a pastor or a bishop. I can't go too much that. He said, let the elders who rule well be counted. Say, be counted. counted. The word counted actually also means, for Lou, means judged. Judged. (laughs) Consider. Judge him. Judge him. So if you sit there, you are there, and he said, oh, I just feel like I want to buy a new house for my man of God. Meanwhile, he, he rents a house. Then you are thinking that, well, why must he do that? Why must he do that? You can't do it. Somebody is doing it. He said, you consider the man of God worthy. Consider worthy. So one day when it's your turn, you actually, do, nothing is too much to do. Even if, my fathers, I honor them in ways that I can't. The things I buy for them, I can't buy for myself. Yes, 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 yes. 
He said, let them be counted worthy of double honor. The honor I'll give to my prime minister, the honor I'll give to my queen, the honor I'll give to my father, the honor I'll give to my, my, my friends, the honor I'll give to somebody prominent and empty. He said, let it be double. Double it. Consider that this man deserves double. Deserve double. You may not have the position to do a double, but you must know that this one is... It is a, so, double is relative. It's relative. It's relative. So, he hasn't defined double of what? He said, whatever honor you think anyone deserves, the man of God double it. This is the Bible. Many Christians don't want to know. And so they become cheap victims. And so we are Christians, but we live ordinary lives life and die ordinarily. And your family members, the things that fight people in your family are fighting you hands down. Because of your, <laughs> and I can't say more practices. <laughs> but mispractices. Because there's so much we are not doing. And yet we are expecting so much to work for us in God. Oh. All right, let me just run up and go to Jacob. Jacob's father said, I want to bless you, but I need to eat something from you. Melchizedek met Abraham. He said, I want to bless you. Bring me the tithe. Yes, 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 yes. There must be some transaction and exchange. That's right, that's right. Transaction. Completion is different from exchange. Yeah, yeah. You exchange, but you haven't completed it. Many people come to church and they exchange. They receive prayer powerfully. Amen, amen, amen. But they haven't exchanged. The exchange really takes place when you assign the deal by honoring the dealer. <laughs> you, see, you see why when we were dancing I was concerned because I have a lot to help somebody with because most crises and situations miserable situations in life is, is as a result of lack of knowledge ignorance it's, most of the crisis is actually crisis of ignorance it's what you don't know that is killing you and some of us, sometimes, humanity makes things look, uh, make it look like we are so intelligent. I'm so smart. I'm sometimes, just look at your condition and let it help you understand your smartness. I'm so smart. I'm so, but even in, you keep failing interviews. <laughs> I'm so smart, and, and yet you don't have any good job. I'm so smart, and yet you are paying rent to pay somebody's mortgage. I'm so smart, yet you have seven credit cards. I'm so smart, and yet your wig is on credit. So, most of us, naturally, unconsciously, unconsciously, when it comes to the things of God, we tend to have an exaggerated opinion of ourselves. People think being in church is dumb. Some of you who come to church, this is your third time, fourth time, you came, you concluded that you are smarter than everybody here. No, no, there are people here who can employ you. Who are kneeling down and say, Lord, bless me, and they are dancing, and you. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? There are people, the fact that people come to church one, two times, they, they conclude, they think that they are smarter than everybody in church. No. 
It's sad. It's sad. Can conclude? I blame a lot of pastors and yeah. priests. Yeah. They, have, they present themselves so needy. Yeah. So needy. Hmm. They treat people with a bit of financial substance like they are kings. Mm. That's rubbish. That is rubbish. Don't treat people based on their pockets. It's wrong. It's unspiritual. Don't treat people based on their pockets, the depth of their pockets. You have to treat them based on their, the, the sensitivity of their heart for God. How much heart they have for God. That's, right. That's what determines the space they can have around a man of God. Your heart for God is what makes that, that what boosts your relevance in this church and to me. Mm. Your money, I don't care. Actually, uh, oh, you see, the way you are talking. I, was, I wanted to give it uh, 5,000. I want to give, I wanted to give that church, watch this. I wanted to give the church 20,000 pounds. But we got the way we are talking. Uh, we didn't even know, so it doesn't affect us. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't affect us. <laughs> That's, we haven't budgeted with what you intended to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you might as well take it. It doesn't affect us. Yes. At all. <laughs> nah, I'll give it. You can't give anything. And we are not waiting for your giving. We budget with what God has provided. Yeah, you. Not what you are intending to provide. Come on. Give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> hey. hey. This is a man whose heart is for the purpose and the economy of God. I don't want you to just come and sit in church and miss God. Because God has a major plan for your life. Amen. Jacob took the stone and set it at a pillar. Stone. And then he poured oil on the stone. Genesis chapter 28, verse 18. Please hurry up. I'm, I'm now done. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put his head on, set it as a pillar, no more a pillow. And poured oil on top of it. And what, look at verse 22. Verse 22. Uh, and, okay, okay. No, go, let's, let's stay in verse 19. Uh, uh, and he called the name of that place Bethel. Bethel means the house of God. But the name previously used to be called last. Remember when he woke up from his dream, he said, this is none other place but the house of God. All right. So he... he when he saw that, okay, let me show you something. I need to do this. I think it's necessary. Verse 18, verse 17. Look at verse 17, please. Let's already out. Let's go. The house of God is the gates of heaven. Let's say that together. Can you please say it again? Now, look at the verse 18. He said, this is the house of God, this is the gate of heaven. So when he woke up early in the morning, he took the stone upon which he said was, and then used the stone as a pillar to build the house of God. Why? Because the house of God is built by stones. And he poured stones that have oil on it. So he poured oil on the stone and built the house of God. Now, that has always been God's eternal intention to raise us as stones for the building of his house. Are you getting what I'm saying? God has always wanted, and that stone typifies two things. I explained last week that the stone, number one, it signifies Christ being the capstone, the cornerstone, and the foundation stone. In, Gal in, in, in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 7, it says that, 
um, put it on the screen, let's see. Who, who are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of joy. This capstone is talking about Jesus Christ. He is the capstone. All right. And at the same time, in Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16, it talks about Jesus being, it says that, therefore, thus says the Lord, behold, I lay in Zion a stone for the foundation. Jesus is the foundation stone. According to, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, he says that no other foundation, he said no other foundation, for no other foundation can anyone lay that that which is Jesus Christ. He's the foundation stone. All right, so he's the capstone, he's the foundation stone, but it's not, the only, it's not only the capstone and the foundation stone, but according to Acts chapter 4, verse 10, 11, and 12, he is the chief cornerstone. So let it be known to you, O house of Israel, this, this, this is the stone which the builders rejected, which has become the corner, chief cornerstone. All right, the capstone covers the top, the foundation stone is everything is built on the foundation stone. And the cornerstone is the stone in the corner that holds two walls. The Jews and the Gentiles keep them together. The stone in the corner that can hold your marriage, husband and wife, and keep them together. If you don't let God hold your marriage, he's the cornerstone. He can hold your marriage together for you. Not, uh, not your body. Not your body. Because after all, you use your body and he doesn't get much of it too. I always tell men, don't marry because of the body, because you won't get a lot of it anyway. <laughs> because no one woman can effectively fulfill the sexual desires of a man. She'll be tired. She'll be tired. It's too much. It's too much. Why? The other thing, you always think about it. You say, I'm tired. I'm tired. Then you're upset. <laughs> Hey, I'm not saying, sister, I'm not saying use that as an excuse to deny your, your husband access because that's unscriptural. Don't deny him access. But I'm just advising the man that he better focuses on Christ to be the cornerstone because his needs, uh, <laughs> his needs, other than that, he will end up watching all kinds of unnecessary things because the need in a man, the sexual need in a, in a man is like a beast. <laughs> Some of you know what I'm talking about. You are surprised the way the man behaves towards you when he's, he, he, he's ready. Some of them look like angels here, but they are very aggressive, ag aggressive beasts. <laughs> Ladies, am I not speaking the truth? Some can't not say yes. Yes, I'm trying to remind you of your boyfriend. And your husband, no. He looks so gentle in church. But you always think the church people don't know this man. <laughs> right, so Jesus is the capstone, the chief cornerstone and the foundation stone, all right? But we are the living, lively stones for the building of the church. So the lively stones, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 12, the Bible says that, and the, the gold of that land was good. I like that. That phrase tickles my fancy. He said, the gold of that land is good. Bedellium and the honest stones are there. Talking about the Garden of Eden. God has always used stones. Bedellium and the honest stones are there. And then when you read um, 
Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, Jesus told Peter, you are Petra, upon this rock, this stone, he said, I say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell cannot prevail. Jesus, we are stones. In fact, when Jesus called Peter, in, in John chapter 1, verse 42, he came and Jesus said, no, your name is this, I'm changing it, which means stone. John chapter 1, verse 42. And he brought, Jesus, uh, he brought him to Jesus. Now when Jesus looked at him, Jesus said, you are Simon, the son of Jonah, but you shall be called Sephar, which is a stone. Because I'm going to use you as a building, a strong pillar in my building. Stone. We are meant to be stones in God's building. Is someone listening to me? And so when Jacob took the stone, it's you and I. It takes stones to build the house of God. To the extent, sir, even the physical temple Solomon built, they used stones that were already quarried, fixed. And then it's like logo. Is it Lego? Like they came, they fix them. Stones, not bricks. God doesn't use bricks. God uses because bricks are man-made. Stones are natural. So in 1 Kings chapter 6, verse 7, you see that they used stones to build the temple. And the temple, when it was being built, was built with stones finished at, at, the, at the quarry. Stones they use. God uses stones to build his house. And guess what? If, hey, if this is a house of God, then it must be made of stones. And according to Hebrews, he says, whose house we are. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 6. He said, whose house we are. Tell someone, we are the house of God. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast to the... So we are the house of God. Tell someone we are the house of God. According to 1 Timothy chapter, um, chapter 3, verse 15, he says that I've written these things to you so that you know how to conduct yourself in the house, conduct yourself in the house of God, which is what? What is the house of God? The church. So the church is the house of God. That means that the church is supposed to be full of stones. But what type of stones? We're talking about the uh, First Peter chapter 2, verse 5. He said, we also as lively stones... All right. So we, you also, as living stones, some translations say lively stones, but living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So we are lively stones in his house. What I'm trying to say is that God came into your life. He, Jesus came into you to make you a stone for the building of his house, not for you to just be an isolated object. A house is full of different, different, different stones. A stone can't make a house. So God has never had interest, Daniel. God has never had interest in individuals. Listen to this. This is very important. God has never had interest in using individuals. So some of us, those of us who are very individuative, individualistic, those of us who is all about me, I don't care about one anyone, I I if you can't work with others, God can use you. It's an independent spirit. You are a snake, not a sheep. Snakes don't move in groups. They move independently. But sheep, they move in groups. That's why it's taking care of shepherds. No shepherd is called to take care of snakes. There are people here who have the snake spirit by nature. 
the way you were raised, and you have to believe God that that snake spirit, that independent spirit, will be broken and you'll be transformed to have a corporate mindset. Corporate. Jacob said, "You can't." Jacob said, "I can't stay in the place the altar built in Shechem and call it God, the, the, the God." of Israel. No, it must be the God of Bethel, the God of the house of God. He thinks about his house, not just individuals. Bible said he didn't die for individuals. He died for the church. The church is not just you. The church is you and you and you and you and me. Christ living in us. That's the church. And in Revelation chapter 21 verse 11, it talks about the stones in the temple. Uh, the tone, uh, the tone, uh, he said, having from verse 10, look up from verse 10, it makes sense. And he, he carried me away in the spirit to the great and the high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy, the holy Jerusalem, the holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven. Now look at it. Tell me, this, I can't, one of these I have to teach on this holy city. And he, no, no, the next verse, the holy Jerusalem. Having the glory of God, her light was, as, uh, was like a most precious stone, like jasper stone, clear as crystal. Look at verse 18. There are stones, the, the, the heavenly Jerusalem. But the, the structure of its wall were of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like crystal clear. You know the jasper stone? And I said, look at the next verse, other stones he mentioned. The foundation of the walls of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. Yes. The new Jerusalem, the heavenly city, is made up of, is a combination of all of us wow. as stones. And do you know the beautiful thing? I think I've said enough about the stone. Let me end now. The beautiful thing is that God used, takes all of us as stones to build a house because I told you the intention of God from the beginning. He has always wanted to dwell amongst us. And this, so that we can be his dwelling. We are being built together as the dwelling place of God. On earth. On earth. That is why he said, I saw the verse 10 of Revelation 21. He said, I saw the new Jerusalem coming out from heaven. So we all go to heaven and say, now, ready, let's go down back on earth. Coming down from heaven because God's initial creation is to have an expression on earth made up of a corporate people inhabited by him. And this dwelling is very interesting. I'm, I'm ending. Don't, don't let me miss you because I want me to talk about marriage and sex so you can laugh. <laughs> I know that's what keeps some people, especially the hosting and stuff like that. But, but, <laughs> hey, please, let, can, should I finish this? I know you are tired, but should I finish? Let, let me just clear this. The dwelling is a, oh, ooh, this is good. It's, it's a, a, a mutual dwelling place. So, sir, Christ, uh, the church, what God is doing, we become his dwelling place, but not just that, he becomes our dwelling place. Okay. So it's a mutual dwelling. So Revelation chapter 21, verse 3, see what it says. Revelation, ah, this is good. Say, and I heard a loud voice from, uh, from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle, the dwelling of the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them and their God. He he's always wanted to dwell with us. So he called Abraham, and he created the Jews, the Israelites, and they became his dwelling on earth. So that's why the tabernacle was always there. And then they built the temple. And then Jesus Christ came, uh, came and then he said, I am the temple. Bible says that the, the word became flesh and tabernacled amongst us. Yes. 
Emmanuel, God is with us. So Jesus was the, the dwelling of God amongst us. John chapter 1 verse 14. He tabernacled amongst us. But when he left, he said, I am building my church. So when he said that, I'm built, and the gates of hell cannot prevail. So he built the church, and now when Jesus left, the church has become the house of God, the dwelling of God. And so in Ephesians chapter 22, verse 22, verse 2, sorry, chapter 2, verse 22, I'm sorry. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 22, it says that we are the dwell. Ah, this is, let's all read it out loud so that those who are sleeping can wake up. Oh, let, let's go, let's read, let's go. I'm teaching are very strong. Yeah. We are being built together for a dwelling place of God. His Babs, he's always looked for a dwelling place. God wants you to be a stone, you to be a stone, you to be a stone, you to be a stone. Not just nice with eyelashes, but we are, we are stones. Stones for his dwelling. We are being we are being built together for a dwelling place of God. Being built together. So the church is not what society thinks the church is. We are the house of God. The dwelling of God. And this house of God is growing. Amen. It's growing. It's growing. And guess what? It's made up of living stones. Amen. And some of the stones, time will not permit me to go further, but some of the stones are going to become pillars. Amen. Yesterday I went to preach somewhere. I was teaching them how to be Converted from being a pillow to a pillar. Pillow to a pillar. Jacob put his head on the stone as a pillow. To support you are supporting the pastor. That's good. By the time is coming, you don't just be a support. Uh, give him rest. And as a little, little offering. No, you are you are the pillar in the church. You are a pillar, and then oil is poured on you. When you are not around, church gets affected. Then you are a pillar. Yes, yes, yes. And yesterday I preached so much, I didn't get a chance to. I was going to give them 11 ways to be, how, 11 points, how to become a pillar in God's house. <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> For whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved! I think we shouldn't have danced too much. Because there's still a lot to come. Mutual dwelling place. He said in uh, John chapter 5, verse, sorry, sorry, chapter 15, verse 5, he says that abide in me and I in you. Ah, who is, so who is abiding in who? Yes. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in uh, So who is abiding in who? It's a mutual dwelling. John chapter 14, verse 2, he said, in my father's house, there are many dwelling places. That mansion, don't forget it, it's wrong interpretation, it's not mansion. How can a mansion be in a house? Think about it. The original word, Greek word, is dwelling places, prince. Dwelling places. So, let's all read it, let's all read it. Are we the house of God? Yes. So, now let's read it and see. In my father's house. Spouse, one more time. In my father's house. For the last time. In my father's house. You see the house of God I'm talking about. Many people thought it's where you say in heaven. It's not heaven. This is not pointing to heaven. Where's the house of God? The church. The church is not saying, I'm going to prepare a place. When I finish, I'll come and get you, go and be with me in heaven. That's not his job. 
He said, in my father's house are many, that word mansion is wrong interpreted, translation, is many abode, many dwellings. Many dwellings, because a house, there are different, you know, I told you, the house of God, the God's house of the economy. It's a big house with different, different dwellings. Apartments, you can put the apartment. So it's like a, a huge apartment block has many, many, many dwellings. That's what it means. In my father's house, there are many dwellings. Who are the dwellings? You and I. So look at verse 23. Look at verse 23. It will even throw more light. So, and Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my words. And watch this, watch this. And my father will love him and we will come to him and make a... Ah! Hey. So this is the, the same, when you read King James, it said make our, I think, dwelling, abode. When you read other, uh, uh, New American Standard, how does New, New American Standard put it? New, quickly, please, please, my time is up. Just, oh, you, you don't have New, oh, uh, new, new okay, abode, special, that's, um, special dwelling place. Okay, so uh, let's see how Amplified puts for verse 2 of John chapter 14. I didn't check that. It's, it will be interesting. In my father's house, there are many, you see, you see, you see, homes. Dwelling places. And so, the same, so there are places for us to dwell inside it. Okay. However, it says when we walk with him, they will come and... So this is a mutual dwelling. We live in him, he lives in us. That is what... I, I won't go to Revelation of time. But in Revelation, you will find out that we are the dwelling of God and he's our dwelling. In fact, in Psalm 90 something, 90, 90 verse 1, I think she have 90 verse 1. He said, oh God, Lord, you, you have been our dwelling place in all generation. He, where's your address? God. <laughs> Number one, God Street. <laughs> no, no, no. Number one, Christ Street. The town is called God. <laughs> because God is our dwelling place. See, this is not the version of Christianity some of you think. This thing is deeper than no ordinary human beings can think. That's why it confuses people of different other religions. How can you say God is living in you? But that's the mystery of godliness. Yes. <laughs> Great is the mystery of godliness without controversy. Without. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't end on a very exciting note, but they that have ears, let them hear what the Lord is saying. Yes. Did, you, did you learn something at all? So in, in conclusion, the point is God has always wanted a house, and so he called us as a people individually to be his object, the stones, the dwelling places, and the stones for the building of his house, so that the house will be his dwelling place, and we will be in him as our dwelling place, and as this thing grows, it, in, in eternity, it becomes the heavenly Jerusalem, the new heavenly city. God, the city is a bride. The city is not what we define as a city. He said, I saw the, the, new, the holy city coming down from God as a bride, adorned for the, the, the husband, the room, who is the lamb. And he said, there's no light in them because there's no temple. Verse 22 of Genesis, Revelation chapter 21. There's no temple there. Chapter, but I saw no temple in it for the Lord God Almighty and the lamb are the temple. It doesn't need any special because they are just there permanently. He said, and it's... He will be with them forever. Did you receive something at all?
I said so much. Please forgive me if I lost you because it probably was too deep. But I believe that at least there are some basic bits you got. And if you didn't get anything at all, remember that Christ is the cornerstone to keep your marriage. <laughs> Amen. For whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Please bow your head with me. Manguri basakarada shera babra baba baba. Me darama shekere bebre babo sota tata. Thank you, Jesus. I want to pray for a very special group of people here this morning. You 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 know God has spoken to you this morning or this afternoon. As I've been preaching, you just can hear the voice of God. You can hear that God is calling you to be one of the pillars. A stone and a pillar. God is calling you so he can dwell in you, so you can start a new work with him. But you know you haven't done that yet. And today, you know in your heart that you are ready to say, Lord, I surrender. I invite you into my, into my heart to be my Lord. I want you to come into my life so that I'll be a building stone for your house. I want to work with you. I want to be born again. If that is your genuine desire i would like to pray for you i don't want to end this service without praying for you so the spirit of god can live inside you and mingle with your spirit for you to become god's dwelling on earth and then god begins to use you you have spiritual audacity you can do spiritual transactions god can use you to change lives can use you to do things it's your desire you know it's your desire you can't deny it you know deeply there's a call in your life. God is calling you. I want to pray with you. If that's your desire, you want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to invite Jesus into my heart to start a new work with him. If that's your desire, lift up your right hand high so I can see it. Lift up your hands. Let me pray with you. Say this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I've sinned against you. But today, I've heard your voice and I've chosen to start a new life with you. I invite you into my life to become my Lord and my personal Savior. Forgive me for my sins. Wash me with your blood. I make a vow and I make a commitment. I'll live with you. I'll serve you in spirit and in truth. Thank you for what you have done on the cross for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I thank you for these precious sisters. You spoke your word, they heard your word, and they responded to you. I speak a blessing upon them. Help them to be pillars in your house and be great, great women of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. For more resources, please visit caris.org or call us on 0207-740-9960. God bless you.